bleeding, groaning, struggling just to breathe, thirsty and exhausted, naked and cold, abandoned and mocked, alone and dying, and yet delighting, delighting with firm confidence that he would one day lead a great gathering of his brothers and sisters, of fellow worshipers of God, in singing praises to God forever. Miserably dying, yet delighting and hoping in God. This is what was going on in the very human heart and mind of our Lord Jesus as he suffered for us on the cross. And as he, through those sufferings, faced many great temptations. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing they cast lots. But I will tell of your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Hebrews 2.18 is a parallel for our verse here in 4.15. And it helps us to see the relationship between suffering and and temptation. And in Hebrews 2.18, I, 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 I have the, the verse here from the New American Standard Version, which I think really captures what's going on here. And it says, For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Suffering, whether it be physical, emotional, or spiritual, is always accompanied by an act of turning. We're never uh, neutral when we suffer. Suffering shakes us. It presses down on us. It crowds in on us. It pierces us and leaves us feeling trapped, beat down, and helpless. These are moments of weakness, lowliness, uncertainty, grief, and anguish, and mistreatment. In these moments, and even more generally, as we simply carry on in this fallen, thorny world that we live in, we are moved to turn towards something. We are tempted to turn away from God, to be anxious or fearful or discouraged, to doubt God's word, to grumble or be ungrateful, to spiral down into an abysmal pit of hopelessness and despair, to turn towards ourselves maybe and self-sufficiency, pride and idolatry, to turn towards envy and covetousness as we become jealous of the lives and circumstances of those who we think have it better off than we do, to turn towards anger or bitterness or even hatred of God. Suffering is indeed a fire that can consume us, and it has the potential to push us very far away from God. But there is another side to suffering. In these moments when we are shaken, pressed down, as you may be tonight, pierced by the woes and weaknesses of this brief and often difficult life, God uses, God uses these very sufferings to turn our hearts towards Himself. And that's why throughout the Bible we read of God testing us or refining us. And in fact, Hebrews 5.8, with respect to Jesus, says that although He was a son, He learned obedience from the things which He suffered. 
In such times, we are moved by God's powerful spirit towards dependence, not on ourselves, but on our maker and sustainer to hope, be happy, be confident, not in self or circumstance, but in the living God. We are moved away from worldliness to hope in the world to come, from apathy or even bitterness towards God to a faith that burns bright with love for God. And this is exactly why James can say, count it all joy when you experience various kinds of trials. And why Paul can say, we rejoice in our sufferings. Our verse here tells us that our Lord Jesus was perfectly sinless in every single respect. And in 726, he is called holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He is the eternal word and glory of God. The radiance of God's glory. But this does not in any way jeopardize the fullness and reality of his humanity. Sharing in our flesh and blood, 2.14. And being made like us in all things, 2.17. He was 100% man. With a human body and soul, the word of God became flesh. With a mind, a will emotions or affections, all of the faculties of his humanity entirely like our own. And throughout his life, Jesus underwent many temptations amidst, amidst his sufferings. Temptations to turn not toward, but away from God the Father. From his peasant, hard-working existence in Nazareth to being rejected and hated by the religious leaders of his people, to being laughed at and accused of having a demon of all people, to being homeless and even rejected by his own brothers, to tirelessly, to the point of exhaustion, ministering to people who would not receive him nor his message, to being betrayed, denied, abandoned, mocked, spit upon, falsely accused, stripped naked, beaten and nailed to a tree between two common thieves by cruel and godless executioners, Becoming sin for us. And swallowing down in full in his body, soul, and spirit the terrifying wrath of Almighty God. In Luke twenty two twenty eight, he tells his disciples, You are those who have stood by me in my trials. But they too would leave him in his hour of greatest need. In all these sufferings, in weakness, lowliness, turmoil, and various kinds of trials, Jesus was tempted to the greatest degree by Satan to turn away from God the Father. Physically and emotionally taxed at every turn, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death, he says to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prepares for his impending death. Jesus experienced the full gambit of emotional, spiritual, and physical sufferings, especially on the cross. And with them, the full gambit of temptations to worry, to fear, to be self-sufficient, envious, hopeless, to hate his enemies, and to seek decisive vengeance upon them. But in perfect righteousness, love, obedience, Dependence upon the Father's will, the Father's strength, the Father's promises. Our suffering Savior 
and sympathizing high priest turned towards God the Father every single time. With his eternal inheritance and joy set before him, his hope in God sustaining him, that the Father would raise him from the dead and vindicate him, exalt him and put all things under his feet and present him with an inheritance of nations. That people from every tribe, tongue and nation would be fellow worshipers, those purchased with his own blood. Whatever suffering, whatever suffering, whatever temptations we are facing at this point in our brief earthly lives, we can be confident that Jesus has felt it. And to a far greater degree than we could ever imagine. In the quaking and quivering of his very human soul and in the nerve endings of his very human body, he has felt our human pain. And he has experienced the nagging and ferocious clawing of Satan's attacks. More than we can fathom, this one can indeed sympathize with us in our weaknesses. Tonight, Jesus wants us to know at least three things, I think, from his word here. He wants us to know, as I've said already, that he has felt the weight of our sufferings and the weight of our temptations, simply put. But see, this does not merely mean that Jesus can relate to us or that when we're feeling down, we have someone who will listen to us. It's so much more profound than that. It's so much deeper than that. Even more, Jesus wants us to know that in the midst of these sufferings and temptations which he faced, he turned to God faithfully and obediently every time and in the most heated moments of temptation when all of the power of hell was relentlessly assaulting him. And he wants to give us the grace to do the same so that we can have endurance, obedience, faith, hope, love for our enemies. But what we need to understand is that these things, the power to live this Christian life, the power to endure sufferings and temptations, does not derive from us. It derives from the one who has already been there through those sufferings, who has overcome them, been there through those temptations, overcome them, and who now wants to pour out his virtue, his grace, his power, his strength, his character into us by his spirit so that we can do the same. And finally, Jesus tonight wants to remind us of his glory. His glory. That his path from suffering to glory is our path also. And that where he is, there one day we will be with him. Father, he prays, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am. So that they may see my glory which you have given me. This is our sympathizing high priest. The one who knows our weaknesses, the one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet entirely without sin. This is the one who faithfully turned to God on our behalf. This is the one who intercedes for us tonight and in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead as we 
confidently with endurance. Approach the throne of grace to find mercy and help in time of need. Amen.